y'all. Welcome back to the Nutrition by Lex podcast. I am here with Nelson Tressler, and he has a very interesting story to tell you guys. And honestly, Nelson, you're the first guy that I've ever had on my podcast. So I'm actually oh, wow. very, um, yeah. So normally it's all like girls talking and about nutrition and stuff, but we have a very different turn on things today. And I'm really excited to hear your story because I've only read a little blippet about it. Um, so why don't you introduce yourself, tell everyone what you do, who you are, and then we can kind of dive into your background. Sure. Yeah. My name is Nelson Tressler. I am the founder and CEO of I Got Smarter Goals Elevated, which is a goal achievement app and program. And I'm also the author of the Unlucky Sperm Club. You are not a victim of your circumstances, but a product of your choices. Awesome. Yeah. I saw that you had the app thing and I, I was like, I went on the app store to look at it and honestly, it looks very interesting. So what does the app do specifically? Yeah. So it's an, when, what we've realized is people don't have a knowledge problem when it comes to achieving their goals. They have an execution problem. And over the last 25 years, I've been obsessed with goals and personal development and used it in every area of my life. Uh, to design a life I couldn't have even imagined, you know, what, yeah. when we get into our origin story. But yeah, so it's it's helping people finally get through and achieve their life's biggest goals. I've patched all the holes that are the traditional downfalls when it comes to people falling short on their goals. That's so cool. I love that. I'm gonna have to download it and see what it's all about. Then that just sounds very interesting because I'm huge on goals and like planning things out and stuff. So that could definitely be something I even implement into my routine. Um, so why don't we dive into your story just a little bit? I'll let you kind of like take the reins and tell your story. Um, I know I'm super interested to hear more details and I know everyone listening is very excited too. Yeah. So like I said, I've got quite the origin story. My mom became pregnant with me when she was 15 years old. And while she was pregnant with me, her father, who was the local trash collector in a small town in central Pennsylvania, uh, drove into the town square. There he spotted two police officers. He stuck a gun out the window and opened fire on, on those police officers, killing one and critically wounding the other. And eventually he's captured and brought to stand trial where he's facing the death penalty for what he has done. And during his trial, my mom gets up and testifies that um, the reason that her father had shot and killed the police officer was that that police officer had raped her and she was now pregnant with his baby, who was me. And uh, the, my mom's testimony worked. The first trial ended in a hung jury. The second trial, the state took off the death penalty and they were seeking life in prison without the possibility of parole, which my grandfather was eventually found guilty and uh, was sentenced to life in prison, uh, spending more than 40 years behind bars, leaving behind his family of 15 children, including my mom, and now me in this small town uh, to deal with uh, the consequences of what he had done. And eventually... Um, you know, my mom, I'm, I'm born to a 15-year-old. Life uh, is not easy. But eventually, my mom meets uh, a man who becomes my stepfather. And uh, quickly, we find out that uh, my stepfather, he's an alcoholic. He's very physically and emotionally abusive to me and my mom almost on a daily basis. And, um, you know, he, he moves in and uh, life uh, becomes a, a living nightmare for me and my mom. However, my mom and him have four children in quick succession. And because of the lifestyle that they're living, my mom would rather me stay home from school and help her with the kids. And I remember uh, the end of fourth grade, you know, you get excited because you're, you're looking down to see who your homeroom teacher is going to be for fifth grade. And I remember looking down and seeing that I had straight Fs and that I would be repeating the fourth grade. And it shouldn't have come to any surprise to me. I had missed probably 50 or 60 days of school that year. I couldn't read, I couldn't write, I couldn't spell. The following year, I got placed into special ed uh, to try to get the help that I needed. Come to find out I have dyslexia. And that's the way my life went uh, until one day my stepfather was walking home drunk from a bar. There was somebody else driving home drunk from that bar and they ended up hitting and killing him. And it's at this time, 
here's my mom. She's lived a brutal life up to this point. She has five small children. She's dropped out of school in the eighth grade. She's never worked outside of the home. And as hard as life has been with my stepfather, losing my stepfather has now really left my mom with no hope. And there is no way that she can see a, a path for her to care for all five of us children on her own. And it's at this time that she decides she's going to take her own life. And uh, she attempts suicide. And fortunately, she's not successful. But when she gets out of the hospital, it's at that time that my family gets separated. And I go to live with my grandmother, who is the wife of the man who shot and killed the police officer. And um, how much further do you want me to go? I'm, I'm just sucked <laughs> into your story right now. Like, this is, it's so loaded with so much. Like, I can't even imagine the way you felt growing up. Like, one, I am so sorry that you've gone through all of that. Um, but clearly, you've dug yourself out of this hole. And because you, you're so successful now, you're like a CEO. No one would ever expect for a child with this background of a story to pull themselves out to be this successful. And I'm just over here sitting in shock and awe that like all of this has happened to you and you're still where you are in life today. Well, everybody kind of has that fork in the road, right? So for, you know, when I was living with my mom, I was, I was kind of tasked with taking care of my siblings. We were uh, dirt poor, like no food in the refrigerator poor. It was a crapshoot whether or not the lights were going to turn on. Uh, I remember us uh, huddling around the kitchen stove to stay warm in the winter because we had no money to buy oil. So once I moved in with my grandmother, all that kind of went away. Uh, we always had food. We always had heat and light. So I started to to look forward to where I was heading. And I didn't like where I was heading. Life was better with my grandmother, but I, I also always felt like there was more for me out there. And so one day somebody came to our uh, school, I was in seventh grade, and they talked about what it would take to get into college. And I started to think to myself, man, if I could get a college degree from that point, you know, from getting a college degree, my life would be easy and perfect. And that, that was my mindset. Yeah. And you know what it's like, you know, whenever you start to think you're going to do something that's hard and difficult, that voice in the back of your head just starts screaming at you all the reasons you shouldn't even attempt it. Right. And I remember quickly after I said I was going to go to college, I, I remember thinking, Nelson, you're in special ed. You can't read. You can't write. You can't spell. Of the family that I came from, of my mom's 15 brothers and sisters, only two had ever graduated high school. None had ever attended college. But you know, I thought to myself, you know what, I'm going to go for it. And, uh, you know, long story short, 12 years after setting that goal, four different universities, four years in the Air Force to get money to continue my schooling, I finally became that first person in my family to get a college degree. Wow. Oh, my gosh. So, so you just really had to block out the negative thoughts that you had going into it that were telling you, I can't do this. I can't do that. I can't do this. And you just really were just like, I'm going to do this and try and push through. Did you have like your grandmother there to like, was she motivating you to go do it? And did she want you to be like, was that she like your drive kind of behind you? Yeah. You know what? It, it, almost every day of my life, my gram would look at me and she would say, Nelson, you're going to make something of your life. Wow. And she told me that so often. And I, I loved her so much. And we just had that special bond because whenever I was born, my mom was still living with my gram. So it was always, we always had that special bond, but she told me that every day. And, you know, when I went away to the air force, she's just like, you're on your way, you know, keep, keep it going. And uh, I, I didn't want to let her down. So uh, yeah, that was, that was a big part of my drive for sure. So I'm curious, what was that feeling that you had go through your body whenever you found out like you were accepted and you were going to college? Like you actually made it to that point where you were like, okay, I'm able to take this next step now. Let's do it. Yeah. And, and I talk about this in my book, The Unlucky Sperm Club, but it was kind of a, a mixed batch because I remember getting that envelope uh, and I didn't have a lot of options. Uh, I was, you know, I was not a great student even when I tried. Uh, I still struggled with dyslexia and school was hard for me. But I remember opening up that envelope and reading congratulations 
and I was just so excited. But then I go out and everybody kind of met at my Graham's house. You know, they would come there for breakfast before they go to work or whatever on the weekends. And I remember telling everybody, hey, I'm going to college. I got accepted. And I talk about this. It's called the crab bucket mentality. And as soon as I said that, kind of my family was just like, oh, they must be leaving anybody into college nowadays. And you know, one of my aunts, exactly. One of my aunts looked at me and she's like, do you think you're better than all of us now that you're going to college? So it was kind of, it kind of hurt at the same time, but I was excited. Um, and, and, and I've been used to this growing up and just the way our family was, I knew, I know my family loved me. And at the end, you know, when I did get my degree and I would go back, you know, everybody treated me really well. So, but yeah, it it was kind of a mixed match there for a while. And, And I didn't know just because I was accepted, it still took me, you know, four different universities. I ran out of money. I had to join the air force on the GI bill. So it took me 12 years to get my degree, but yeah, I finally did it. Yeah. So what did you get your degree in? Finance. Cool. Okay. So is that what led you to do what you did now? Or is this like, obviously your whole backstory and everything is what's pushed you to do what you're doing now. Um, But how do you think the college experience, studying finance, and honestly, like the 12 years of having to stop college and go into the Air Force and go back to college and stuff, how do you think that's guided you to where you are today? Yeah, so I I got a finance degree. I wanted to be a stockbroker or something like that. It was one of the things that I thought you could make a lot of money at, and, and that was my driving force. But I needed to take an internship, and I actually got into commercial real estate. It was the only... Okay internship I could get into. I had no idea what it was, but I got I got the internship and I was going to get my credits and get my degree and then get out and become a stockbroker. But when I got into that, I realized that I had a knack for it. And the guy who hired me in the intern realized I had a knack for it. And after I graduated from college, I really realized that, you know, I could do things, you know, I set a goal and I could accomplish it. And I realized, man, if I put my mind behind something, I can do anything. So I became obsessed with goals and personal development. And I got my degree, you know, 20 years ago. um, And I use goals and personal development to design a life I couldn't have imagined. You know, in commercial real estate, I became the top salesman worldwide for a top five commercial real estate firm several times. I've been able to start more than 10 businesses, including one of the largest privately held pet resorts in the country. And I just celebrated my 25th wedding anniversary. I've got three awesome young, you know, young men that we're raising that are on their way to living, you know, great lives. And I owe this all to that first goal of becoming that first person in my family to graduate college. So that's the power of goals. That's the power of personal development and really striving to become the best version of yourself. Yeah. So God, it's, I'm literally just like blown away about how inspiring your story is honestly in the moment. <laughs> um, Cause I didn't realize there was this much background to it. Whenever I read briefly about um, your background, I was like, okay, this is going to be a really interesting conversation, but like this has gone a whole nother direction where I'm like, Oh wow. Like, he really has, you've started from the bottom, you've made your goals and you've gotten here like to where you are today, but it all started with that one goal of college. So off of that, once you like realize that, okay, I have completed this one goal of college. It took me this long, but I have these goals as well. So when did you start to make multiple goals at once? How did you manage them? And also like the time frame of things, because I know some people can get super impatient and give up on goals because of the time frame. But clearly you didn't because 12 years later you reached it. Yeah. Um, well, I, like I said, I became obsessed with goals. So New Year's Day was my most favorite day of the year. Like I loved it more than Christmas, more than my birthday, because I would, you know, lock myself in my in a room and I would go over my goals and, you know, what I had accomplished the year before and what I had planned to accomplish that year and come up with a plan to do it and get motivated and inspired. So I loved it because I knew I was able to achieve those goals as long as I kept going. But I also failed a lot in the beginning. And that's when I started, I would get into different programs and like, oh, I'm going to take this part from here and add it in. And I eventually came up with my own 
strategies of goal achievement, which is became, I got smarter and, and actually six months to success. So I was able to do all of that. So that's when I started to really design my life to do that. Um, but yeah, I mean, my whole adult life and, and from graduating from college to my adult life, I've used it and I continue to use it. And when I got to the point in my life, like, what am I going to do? I was able to exit some of those businesses and be in a position where if time and money doesn't matter, we all get asked that question, what would you do? And I'm doing exactly what I would do is sharing my story, trying to inspire and motivate others. And then also coming up with, I got smarter to put a program out there where other people can learn from what I've learned over the last 20 years through goals and personal development to achieve their own life's biggest goals. No, I think that's amazing. My question in my head, I'm trying to like think of how for everyone listening. Um, so whenever you are in the process of trying to reach these goals, there's got to be setbacks. There's got to be times in oh, yeah. situations that are challenging and trying times and stuff. How do you overcome those setbacks? And like, obviously I've talked about motivation on this podcast so many times and you don't stay motivated 24 seven. Like you are humans. We aren't going to stay motivated all the time, whether it comes to fitness, um, nutrition, our business goals, anything. So what is your biggest tip when it comes to overcoming those setbacks, when it comes to the timeline of having to reach your goals? Yeah, there's, there's a few things. Uh, first of all, I'll tell you a lot of people want to be perfect when it comes to their goals and they have a bad day or they have a bad week and they throw their hands up and they're like, screw it. You know, I'll wait till next new year's and they waste an entire year. 90% of goals fail before the end of February. And most people don't even think about goals again until next January 1st, New Year's resolution. So that's the first thing is you, you don't have to be perfect. We're not looking for perfection. We're looking for progress. And that's what you need to realize. And one way to get back on the, on the wagon after you've fallen off is in, in our program, I Got Smarter, we have what we call success partners. And through the app, you can invite somebody to come in and be your success partner. Somebody else who's striving to achieve their own personal goals. You guys don't have to be working on the same goals. You could, but you don't have to be. And through the app, they can see whether or not you're following the program. Like every morning, we do a morning ritual and you're planning out your entire day. And by the time you're done with it, you start with gratitude. You start with a success principle. You start by reviewing your goals. You start by doing a to-do list. Okay, what am I gonna do today to get closer to achieving that goal? And by the time you're done with your morning ritual, which takes less than 10 minutes, you have your entire day planned out. Now, if you don't do your morning ritual, your success partner sees that. They get an alert at 1130 and say, hey, Alexis hasn't done her morning ritual. Now I can say, hey, let's get that day planned. I know when you haven't done it. Um, and now maybe that inspires you to get it going. Or maybe you see that I've done mine at nine o'clock and you're like, crap, Nelson did his morning ritual, I got to get mine done too before 11. So it's, it's those little things of having that I got smarter as an acronym and the G stands for your group or your support system. And that's what that is. And, and it makes 95% more likely to achieve your goals when you have that good group or support system. No. Yeah. 100%. And that's one of the main things that I like to use with my clients when I'm coaching my girls and for everyone listening, my girls that are out there, um, this app sounds like something that I could really implement in with my clients and any other coaches that are listening to, like, here's an idea. Um, cause I, I use an app, like another app already, but it's more like, I can't really check in with them on if they're actually doing their daily things versus like, if I would just message them and ask them if they're doing it. Um, so that's very interesting. I'm really gonna have to look into that because accountability, accountability is like everything when it comes to reaching goals and having that support team. Um, because I feel like if you, if you don't have the support team or anyone that is backing you up and encouraging you to go and like you had your grandma growing up to push you to go to college and stuff. Um, it's, it's hard to want to reach those goals because yeah, we're doing it for ourselves too, but everyone likes to be told, oh, okay, I'm proud of you. Like you've succeeded in this and stuff, right? Like words of affirmation, like for me, that's my love language. I, I love that. So, but that's a lot of other people's too. Um, so that's really cool with the aspect of the accountability part of it. 
I also think a huge part, which let me know your opinion of this, um, for achieving your goals is letting go of the fear of failure. Um, I feel like so many people are so worried about failing that it holds them back tremendously. No, absolutely. And, and, and once you realize the only place fear is, is in your head. Fear doesn't really exist. Once you realize, and, and I write about this in my book, it's, it's, it's a funny story, but you know, my uncle made up this story about this three foot, you know, one armed man who has a hook and, you know, he's waiting for you behind trees when you walk through the woods. And I remember being so scared of that. And now it's just so silly. But when you think of some of the things that you've been fearful of in your life and you look back on them, they're so silly. And I mean, when you're, when you're afraid to fail, like people say, you know, fail quickly and fail often. I, I look back and I'm like, well, I don't really look that I've ever failed because it's a process. I'm not done yet. And, you know, have I not accomplished some of the things that I set out to accomplish in the time frame that I wanted to accomplish them? Absolutely. Have I, has it gone a different direction than I wanted it to or originally thought it would? Absolutely. But that doesn't mean I failed. That just means I've learned and I'm heading in a different direction or I need a little more time or I need to, you know, readjust. And that's part of the I Got Smarter strategy as well is the E and the R is evaluate and then readjust. You don't fail. Like you might not reach it in that time frame. So, okay, I get to the end of my four-week sprint. I'm going to look down and say, okay, I didn't quite get it. I need to do some more action here. Or I need to do this or whatever. So you're not failing, you're learning. Yeah, you're not failing, you're learning. I love that. That's, that's like a perfect way of explaining it. And this is like honestly speaking so true to my current life right now because I've done a ton of self-reflection recently over the past few weeks and like my devotionals and journaling and everything. It's all pretty much focused around having that set timeline and plans throughout life that it never really works out the way we plan it anyways. It ends up working out the way it's supposed to work out, but having the set timeline and expectations for things that almost hold you to such a point where you're like, oh, I'm scared to, again, fail or not do the right thing. When in reality, it's like, it, it will happen. It, time will come and just trust the process of it. And I think we forget that so much because we're so out of touch with like our actual, um, like the, like the universe and just anything really that's actually happening in life. We're so focused on, oh, what will people think? Uh, I said I was going to do it. So if I don't do it, what, like, will people judge me? Will people say I don't like actually hold up to my side of the bargain or anything like that? And that's something I've struggled with a lot recently. Um, or I'm, I'm realizing that I've struggled with it. And I'm trying to change it recently um, is having those expectations and holding yourself to such a high standard. It's like, almost like, I know I've said this before in other episodes, but like get yourself off the pedestal and stop holding yourself to such a perfect idea because it's not doing you any good. Um, and when you let yourself have that lead way of like, you can take a couple steps back to go a few more steps forward every once in a while. And it's okay. That's, that's the way life goes. Um, but I feel like so many people are stuck to this strict timeline of, oh, it has to be this, 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 and this before I can get here. And then they end up holding themselves back. So I think that's a huge thing. Well, yeah, I mean, it's, it's that perfection again. And yeah. people are looking for perfection. And when they can't reach perfection, then they give up. And it's all about progress. And I think when you have that progress mindset, that's, that's when you don't fail because you look back and you say, yeah, I didn't get it. I didn't get it when I thought I would, or I didn't get that, but I did. I'm further along. And I think a lot of, a lot of it too is comparing yourselves to other people out there. Oh, Everyone's yeah. kind of looking at, uh, they want to compare themselves to the top people. And the only person you should be comparing yourself to is that person in the mirror. And the only standard that you should really hold yourself to is, am I a better person than I was yesterday? And if you are, you're heading in the right direction. If you're not, take a step back, reevaluate, and then recommit to becoming that person you want to become. Yes, I think that's huge. And as much as I love social media, I blame social media on that aspect, especially with the upcoming generations, um, because that's literally what we've grown up on. Like, I'm pretty sure Instagram was a thing like 
my freshman or sophomore year of high school, I can't remember. But like I, at a young age, I was probably like 15 years old, started having these social media accounts with all of the, especially for body image and stuff, like all of these other women that are seen as being, oh, what you're supposed to look like and stuff. And now it's even more than that. Like you said, it's people living these luxury lifestyles at such a young age, these YouTubers that are like 16 years old that are living in mansions out in LA. And you're like, what the heck am I doing over here? Like, I I have $2 in my bank account. Like, I don't know what to do. Um, But I feel like the comparison to other people is probably the biggest setback that people have right now currently. Um, I think a lot of people also struggled with it in quarantine because social media was such a thing in quarantine because like, what else did we have to do? Nothing. Right. And, and you know what, you never win when you compare to other people because you're either, you're either going to be disappointed because you're comparing yourself to somebody that you perceive has more than you, or you're just going to look and say, well, geez, look how bad their life is. I'm not doing too bad. And then you get comfortable and you don't want to strive because you're doing better than these people. So it's really a trap that you don't want to get caught in. You want to, you want to look at yourself and you want to become that best version of yourselves. One of the strategies that we have in I Got Smarter is we have an alter ego and we design that perfect version of ourselves and we name them you know my alter ego's name is Fred and you know Fred is the perfect guy you know he'd never dream of skipping a workout you know if he's trying to lose weight he'd never dream of eating the chocolate cake in the refrigerator he never gets mad at his wife or his kids so I've designed this perfect version now Nelson on the other hand you know if he sees chocolate cake in the fridge he's going to take a bite and probably another bite so whenever I'm going throughout my life and and figuring out what I want to do I ask Fred his advice because that's the person that I want to become and what I found is over the last 20 years is Nelson has surpassed the original Fred because I've become a better version of myself and I, and I'm continuing on that path. And Fred, Fred's always getting bigger. I'm never capturing him, but so Nelson's always getting better as well. And we all have that version of ourselves that we should be striving for. Not anybody else, not, not any, we're, we, we need to work on ourselves and be comparing ourselves to ourselves. Yeah, yeah, I love that idea of creating an alter ego. I feel like this like idea of an alter ego, like most people think of it, like, I don't know if you're like drunk out partying or something with, with your friends and stuff like that's your alter ego. Right. Um, and I've definitely heard of people like naming their alter egos that way. I've never heard of it as in like almost creating like this imaginary figure. That's like your idol, like someone that you Mm -hmm. would look up to and like, think of that role model when you were a kid. Like I know I can, there's one person pops into my head that I always looked up to this girl when I was younger. Um, and I, always wanted to be like her but if you could make that like yourself but just like a different version in your head and so how do you like almost visualize that because I feel like for me if I wanted to do that I would have to like have it written in like because I'm a very visual person and a very visual learner like do you write out like his characteristics and what he does and things along those lines Yeah, part of the I Got Smarter program is we do a self-assessment. And part of that self-assessment is designing your alter ego. Like what's your alter ego's opinion on, you know, 15 different things, you know, on greed or all these little things that we go through. So you kind of design that out and, and, and it's really putting it in your brain like, okay, this is, this is what I think because a lot of people don't go through and, really uh, visualize that or, or put it on paper, how they feel about certain things. So, and, and you touched on another thing. I really think that you need to be your own biggest hero. And I, I, that's not very fashionable, but I think there's so many people out there that, you know, it doesn't matter how much you're getting from the sidelines, how much cheering you're getting from the side. If you're not your own biggest fan, Uh, If you're talking down on yourself, you're never going to reach your potential. And uh, we need to learn that and we need to not be embarrassed of it. I mean, people get into, well, you're conceited or you're cocky. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about being your own biggest fan, spreading your wings as far and wide as you can, and then going to the levels that you know you can go to. 
I 100% completely agree with that. And I also think to add on to that, um, for everyone that like follows me on Instagram and stuff, they know like I have an affirmation mirror. It's like, I'm actually looking at it right here. It's like a full length mirror and I take an expo marker and I write like affirmations all over it. Things such as I am strong. I love my body. I'm smart. I will graduate. Um, I am capable to do all things. I am blessed. Like just a lot of random things. Um, and I think that could be one thing for me. I write them on my mirror because one, if I look in the mirror, I see it and it reminds me to say them. Um, but also I stand in front of the mirror and I say it to myself. So therefore I think by verbalizing those things and believing that like every single thing. And I actually had a conversation with one of my clients about this the other day about how she needed to start doing this. And she was like, but what if I don't believe everything on there? It's like, it's okay. You don't have to at the start. You probably won't at the start. Um, but the more you say it to yourself and the more you accept it, the more you'll start to believe it. It's the same goes with um, when someone gives you a compliment, don't deflect it, just accept it and say, well, thank you. That means a lot. Like, I appreciate that rather than be like, oh no, stop. Like it, if you accept it and let it into your life and actually let yourself hear that from someone else, it's going to make the world of a difference. Yeah, I, I love that. And and that's one of the things when, when I pay somebody a compliment, they do exactly that. Oh, no, no, no. But we, we do need to learn how to take a compliment and understand that we are, we're great. I mean, we're the, the potential that lies within each one of us, if, if we knew what that was, we would never be act the same way again. Uh, and I think so many people have to realize that. And affirmations are such a huge part of who we become, because our mind our mind will do what we tell it to do. One of the things, strategies that we use that I Got Smarter is we write our goals as if they've already happened. Yes. It's not that I want to graduate college. It's I'm a college graduate with, you know, uh, what, whatever. But you tell, your, you tell yourself that enough, your mind is going to figure out a way yeah. to accomplish that. So affirmations are huge. And, and again, during our morning ritual, you're reviewing your affirmations in the I Got Smarter app. So you're, you're putting that into your mind constantly, as well as our evening ritual, you're putting it in before you sleep. So you keep telling yourself how great you are. Uh, all of a sudden, you start to believe it and then you start to act upon it. Yes, 1000%. I completely agree with that. I am like acting as if it already has happened. Um, I've done like a lot of research on like manifestation type stuff. Um, and like, for me, I like, if ever I'm writing anything, I, I write it in like the present tense, like as if it's already a thing, like for me personally too, not a lot of people know this, but now a lot of people are going to know it, but like I carry around a fake check in my wallet. That's like a million dollar check, but like, it's not real clearly, but like I carry around a fake check in my wallet. Cause if I see it and I have it with me at all times and I write it out, like as if it's a right check that, or a current check that's actually real hopefully one day that'll manifest itself into my life. Right. Um, so doing those little things and staying on top of it and consistency is another thing. So I find that, um, obviously your app would definitely help out with that because it keeps you on track and the accountability and stuff. But for me, I'll notice a huge different in, difference in my attitude. Um, the way I feel about myself, um, my motivation, how productive I am. If I stick to doing my morning devotional and my affirmations and getting up at the same time, like getting up like normally is like five thirty, six o'clock ish instead of sleeping to like nine. I notice the world of a difference in every aspect of my life. If I do it consistently, I'll start to get better. But if you fall off and don't do it for like a, a week, then I notice I can feel it like physically. I can feel the difference. Yeah. I mean, consistency builds up momentum and momentum is a huge thing. And that's the problem with people's goals is, you know, they start for a month and they go all out and they're going a thousand miles an hour and then bam, they hit a, a roadblock and then they stop and then they'll start again, you know, in a few months or a, a, at the end of the year and they never just build up that momentum. And that's what the, I got smarter app allows them to do. And I love that you just brought up that kind of example of going for a month and then you hit a wall for me, especially cause I'm such a fitness advocate and I love to work out and stuff. I'll, I'll get on these kicks where I like, I will go to the gym for an hour and a half every day. I'm throwing around crazy amounts of weight that I never thought I could, but then one day I'll wake up and I'm like, I hate it. I don't want to do it. And instead yeah. of just not doing it, 
I'll change it up. Maybe I'll just go for a walk. Maybe I'll go down and do some type of yoga flow or Pilates flow. I'm still continuing my fitness journey, just making adjustments for the current situation because that, that way I'm not going backwards. I'm just not going forward as fast. And so I think it's totally okay to slow down and make adjustments. You don't have to run full speed the full time. It's, you're going to, okay. that will wear you out. It will. And, and, and I have a brother-in-law who's like that. Like he's either all in and he's checking how many carbs salad dressing has and, you know, just going through all that. And I don't want to eat that because it has, you know, two net carbs and then, or it's just, I'm totally off the wagon and, you know, he's eating gummy bears in bed at 1030 at night. So it, it's about, it's about hitting that happy median and, and continuing to go. One of the best books I've ever read besides the unlucky sperm club is, uh, is, uh, Darren Hardy's the compound effect. And he uses a lot of that in there to where it's just these little steps. And then all of a sudden what you realize is by doing those little steps a month or three months or three years, it's a huge difference. And that's, that's the way we do it with, I got smarter too, is we break all of our goals down into four week sprints. And that allows you to know like, okay, I know where I need to be in four weeks. There's that sense of urgency. If something does happen, you get to reset at four weeks, not annual goals. And I think that's one of the biggest problems. That's a huge thing. I do this with all my clients. I, and I use the um, example that I've said on here before, but it's like people have this huge mountain and they're starting at the bottom and they just want to jump to the top of the mountain with like this one ginormous goal. They're like, oh, okay, I want to lose 50 pounds. It's like, okay, how are you going to do that? Lose that 50 pounds. You need to implement small, healthy lifestyle goals throughout the process of it to get to that goal. And so that's one thing that I always do with my clients. We start with um, small goals to work our way up. So it's like, instead of jumping to the top of the mountain, you're climbing the steps to get to the top of the mountain. And I think that's the biggest mistake that people make whenever they're making goals. Yeah, I, I love that. And, and like I said, that's what we do is we, we have huge goals. There's goals out there like that, like, like losing 50 pounds. But, <laughs> but yeah, let's break it down. What can we do in the next four weeks? And then, and then we use milestones, weekly milestones to make sure that we're on track to hit those goals. Because again, as long as we're able to track those, they're measurable, they're specific, we know, okay, crap, you know what? I need to lose another pound, an extra pound next week because I didn't hit it this week. So you at least know that instead of getting to the, you know, annual goals, you get to Thanksgiving and you realize like, there's no way I'm ever going to hit this goal. So you've wasted an entire year as opposed to those four week sprints to where you're able to evaluate and then readjust. Baby steps. I say it all the time. Baby steps. Good things take time. And it's a process for everything. And that's whether you're with your like health and fitness or whether it's starting your own business or school, um, like, like 12 years of schooling, baby steps, right? Um, starting your own business, writing a book. I'm sure you've experienced that creating an app. Like those are things that I've never done. So, so I, I can only imagine the steps that you had to go through in the process. I mean, I've started my businesses and stuff and there's also so many things that come into play that are unexpected that you have to learn to manage. And so therefore, if you do have a manageable amount of goals and you have a clear guide of how to get to where you want in that short period of time into different brackets, it almost makes it easier to handle those random things that might come in that's not expected. Yeah. And, and, and again, when you're breaking these goals down into small four-week sprints, you're never far away from achieving that goal. And then when things do change in your life, which they always do, I mean, we just went through 2020. Who would have ever imagined that you would have lived through that, right? None of us. But we were only four weeks into it. So it's like, okay, this is happening. This is the new normal. Now we need to readjust our goals and do these steps as opposed to, you know, this time last year, you just threw up your hands and just did nothing and pretty much wasted the entire year. A lot of people did. So yeah, it, it, it's, it's about having that urgency. It's about always being flexible. And uh, one of the things we teach is time is our most precious resource. We should never waste a second of it. And uh, these four week sprints allow you to do that. And then also one of the things that we do is we only focus on three goals at a time. 
I think there's a lot of people out there that have a thousand goals. I have a thousand goals, but I'm hyper focused on three every four week sprint. And then when I get to the end of that, then I can say, okay, you know what? Maybe I need to put a little more time and effort into my relationships or my health. You know what? I got, I gained a few pounds because of this. Now I'm going to focus on that. So every four weeks I'm able to readjust what I want to focus on. I love that. Yeah. I, I almost look at my goals like a pyramid effect, which it sounds like you sort of do too. Um, but like, I also categorize my goals. So I'll have a goal for like health and fitness. I'll have a goal for my business. I'll have a goal for my friendships, my relationships, family, things along those lines, um, as well as like hobbies and like self-care, like stuff for myself. Um, and there'll be like one major goal, but then I will break it down into little bits and pieces to uh, like, like you said, three at a time, but three small things. So for example, for uh, a nutrition weight loss sort of thing, maybe it's drinking more water, um, eating more fruits and veggies, and then also like making sure you're eating three meals a day or including like healthy snacks or something along those lines that you can work on that are achievable and they're not setting you, setting you up for failure. That's the big thing with goals too. So many people set themselves up for failure when they're setting their goals rather than setting yourself up for success. And then once you see that quote, air quote, failure is when you get discouraged and you just quit all in all. Yeah. Some people go out there and they'll set these huge goals that they're never, ever going to be able to achieve. Yeah. And they think, well, at least I'll be further along, which is, which is true. But our mind doesn't like that. Our mind wants, our mind wants to achieve things. They want to be successful. And that's, that's what our program does is we want you to have all these successes and get addicted to it, you know, and then continue on that process. So we, we have milestones that you're setting and that, oh, Hey, I hit this milestone. You know, I get a little dopamine hit and yeah. you know, I'm going to, I'm going to go for my next uh, milestone. And by the time, by the time you achieve your four week sprint, you've had five successes or at least you've had some successes and you've been able to readjust. And importantly, you're going to hit that four-week goal. And that's breaking those things down and being realistic. I mean, that's one of the R's in I Got Smarter is, is being realistic and making sure that you can achieve those and knowing what you have to achieve. And another key factor is what are you going to have to sacrifice in order to achieve this goal? What price are you going to have to pay? And I think a lot of people go into setting goals and they don't realize, hey, I want to make a million dollars. But what are you going to have to sacrifice? You're going to have to sacrifice your health, your relationships, your lifestyle. And if, if, if those are all okay with you, then fine, go for it. But you got to make sure that you're very crystal clear on what your goals are and what it's going to take to achieve them. Yeah, I think that's huge. And I love that you touched on the dopamine hit because I think that can almost like, obviously dopamine is addicting, but like we can get dopamine hits from so many things that people don't realize. Like, like we get a dopamine hit just by touching our phones. Like that's like scientifically proven that touching our phones and especially opening the Instagram app, like it just does something to our brain. And so if we can figure out what, where you get those dopamine hits and what's going to benefit you in the long run too, it's like, that's, that comes back to like getting really in tune with yourself, maybe journaling, self-development type stuff to figure out um, what path you want to go on. Because for me, I know working out does that for me too. And like endorphins going crazy and stuff. And that I know if I am ha down in the slumps and I don't feel good and I just feel yuck and I don't want to do anything. I know for me personally, I've figured this out over time. Okay, go get a quick 30 minute workout in. See if that helps you come back, restart. It's like figure out what, gives you the good dopamine hits, but then also what gives you the negative associated dopamine hits. Maybe that is the Instagram thing. Maybe you're, maybe you do need to really, I don't know, set that timer on your phone so that you, you can only get on it for an hour a day or something along those lines. It, everyone's different, obviously, and your lifestyles need different things, but figure that out for yourself. And that just has to do with a lot of self-development. Yeah. And, and it's also being crystal clear on your goals, right? So um, the one thing when you're crystal clear on your goals and you're crystal clear on what you need to do, people think it takes so much time, but you actually have more time to in, do the other things in life. And uh, when you plan your entire day, I know exactly the things that I need to do to accomplish my goal. And when they're done, I have that guilt-free 
pleasure that I can do. If I, if I want to go watch TV and, and veg for a half an hour, I can do that because I've accomplished all my goals. But when you don't have that crystal clear plan and you're not following that now, it's like you always have that in the back of your mind. You always feel guilty. I think people get depressed because they don't have that plan. So there's so much to, you know, the, I got smarter strategy in it that will help people achieve their goals and be happier. Yeah. And I think daily goals are a huge thing too. Cause for me, I always do like a top three daily goals and then I have like other things that if I have time do it. Um, and so therefore I know at the end of the day, if I didn't get to those, if you have time do it, I don't really beat myself up about it. As long as I got my top three done, I can let myself relax and like, okay, you're good. Um, but I feel like a lot of people sometimes overwork themselves throughout the day and they try to say, okay, I have to get 10 things done today. When like, in reality, do you really have that time in the day to get all of that stuff done? Plus, if you're a student, go to class and then also eat healthy. Maybe you want to go work out. Like you've got to have like all of, it's a balance of things and it's learning what balance works for you and back to the maintainable goals and setting yourself up for success. Yeah. Yeah. And no, absolutely. I mean, coming up with that plan, setting yourself up for success, getting those dopamine hits and uh, just following through with what you know you're capable of makes all the difference. Yeah. 1000%. That's all of that was so helpful. And I just love talking about this kind of stuff, like me and like agenda planning and to-do list and goals and vision boards, affirmations and stuff that just like really gets me. I could talk about it forever. <laughs> Yeah. And another great thing in the I Got Smarter app is you, you touched on journals. Uh, during, our, uh, during our evening ritual, it self-populates your journal for you. And there's a journal that you can go back and kind of look to where, you, you know, gauge your pro- progress and your goal achievement. So that's a great feature as well. Yeah, that's awesome. Journaling is, is huge. And I feel like there's this bis- big misconception around journaling sometimes that you have to write a full page and like a paragraph and like all this stuff. Like y'all seriously, some of my journals are like one sentence sometimes. And like, if I had a crappy day, it might just say I had a crappy day, close it, going to bed. Like it doesn't matter what it is. It's your journal just because of what Pinterest shows you what a journal looks like. Doesn't mean that's what it has to look like. Yeah. And, and, and we've, we've put the ability in to where you can input a photo into your journal. Oh, cool. And I mean, that's the cool thing. You can go back and look a year later and see a photo of you doing something that day or accomplishing something. And it brings back all those memories and, yeah. and that satisfaction. So that's, that's a neat feature as well. Yeah. That's really cool. Especially if you're on like a health journey and stuff too, that could be really, really beneficial to have to look back on to see how far you've come. Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. Well, that I'm definitely going to have to download the app now that we've talked about it so much. I'm like very intrigued to like go in and see and maybe I'll get like my mom on board with me to be my accountability person. There you go. (laughs) Yeah. Sponsor break. And as you guys could have guessed, my new activewear line, Surgeon Activewear, is the sponsor for the podcast this season. Of course, right? I could not bypass this opportunity to let my own activewear sponsor my own podcast. So if you guys aren't aware yet, we are a new activewear company called Surgent. Follow us on Instagram at Surgentwear, or you can find us online at www.surgent.com. We are a brand new activewear line. And when I say our products are the best, you guys know I've worn activewear so much, so many different brands. And I, I mean, obviously I'm biased, but I am obsessed with our stuff. It is buttery, silky, like literally gold. And it's like another layer of skin on top of your body. And we have so many new colors and designs coming out in the new year. Well, this year and years to come, obviously. But the big thing about Surgeon is that we are partners with Rise Against Hunger. So if you haven't heard of Rise Against Hunger, they are a nonprofit organization that feed families in need and people in need all around the world. So in 2019 alone, they affected over 17 million families in 34 different countries. And we have partnered with them so that every product we sell equals a meal going to a family in need. And that's not just an order, you guys. That's every single product within that order. Literally by the click of a button, and you supporting us making an impact on the world. So shop Surgent, www.surgent.com. Obviously, I would love the support you guys and and I would just love to have all of the Nutrition by Lex community and everyone that listens to this podcast a part of the Surgent fam. So definitely check us out. 
Well, towards the end of every episode, I love to ask all of my guests um, just three fun questions that are just kind of like about you, just just simple questions. Um, so my first question is, what is your favorite food? Of course, because this is Nutrition by Lex. So we have to talk about a little bit of food. Oh, man. And it's a nutrition thing. I love pizza. I'm sorry to say. Don't, uh, don't apologize. Do not apologize. <laughs> Yeah, I think I, I love pizza. I also love sushi, though. I mean, I think if I had my choice, I'd, I'd pick to go out for good sushi over anything. Yeah, I love sushi. Sushi or Mexican food are like my go-to. Like, yeah. I could live with those two. <laughs> yeah. Um, the next question is, what's your favorite form of exercise? You know what? I, I've, I've fell in love with Beachbody and uh, P90X and those, so I'm on that demand and I kind of rotate those programs. I switch it up, but I love uh, P90X3. I've been doing it for years and that's where my result, you know, best results come yeah. from. Awesome. And it sounds like it's something too that like you don't dread doing. I think that's a big thing I always talk about with like exercise and stuff. Make sure you enjoy doing the workouts that you're doing. Yeah. And, and I can do it. I can do it in my home. Uh, I don't have to go to the gym. And that's my biggest thing is that's one less thing that I have to do to work out. So I don't have that block like, oh, I got to get ready and go to the gym and do all this. It's there. I have no excuses. That's like the hardest part for most people is actually getting to the gym. So yeah. especially I bet that's been really beneficial through this past year where the gyms were closed most of the time. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Awesome. And then the last question that I have, um, which we've pretty much touched on the entire episode sort of ish, but if you want to touch on it a little more, is just pretty much what keeps you motivated to do what you do on a daily basis? You know what? I, I really want to change the world. I want to change the world one person and one inspiring goal at a time. And the way that I'm doing that is changing one person's world because by me changing my world, uh, you know, goals are generational. Uh, it doesn't just affect the person who's accomplishing the goal. It affects the generations that follow. I mean, my children's lives are drastically different than my life was. And that all started with one goal. And that's what I want to take out to the world and show people the power of goals and the power of becoming the better versions of themselves. I think that's awesome. Yeah. And it, it only takes one person at a time, right? It's, that's like what I always say about like posting on Instagram and stuff. I'm like, if I can just touch one person today, like I'm good. That's all I wanted for today. Moving on to the next day, we'll touch another one. So that's yeah. awesome. Um, I really appreciated you having, having you on this episode today. And I think um, the listeners got a lot out of this because it was very informative and let everyone know where they can get your book, um, download the app or get in touch with you or anything along those lines. Um, and for everyone listening, I will also put all this information in the description as well. So you can just kind of click on it and go straight to everything. Yeah. So you can go to nelsontressler.com and everything's there. Uh, the book, the unlucky sperm club, you're not a victim of your circumstances, but a product of your choices is available everywhere. Books are sold. Probably the easiest is Amazon. It's also available on audible. If you like listening to your books and then the, I got smarter app is available on both Apple and Android on at the app stores, or you can go to, I got smarter.com. Awesome. Well, thank you so, so, so much for discussing this topic with me and opening up and telling us your amazing story. Like, I, that's such an inspiration to so many people. And I know that there might be people out there that kind of have a similar background-ish and that you're just a huge motivation to them. And I really appreciate you sharing it. Thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. Of course. And thank you guys for listening. I'll talk to you all next Wednesday. Bye.